Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. With me in the studio tonight is David LeRiviere of PAVED, who is here to talk about Ernst Logar's exhibition, Tar Sands, Approaching an Anthropocentric Site. So thank you for coming on the show today, David. Thanks for having me, Michael. So Ernst, I got to know his work first when he was at the, well, what was then the Mendel during uh, underneath a petroliferous moon a couple years ago. Yeah. But you've got, how how long have you been working with him on this exhibition? Pretty much from that point forward, uh, Jen Budney, as you may recall, uh, curated that exhibition and brought him in from Vienna. At that point in time, Ernst was working on a show about uh, offshore drilling in the Northern Sea near Aberdeen, Scotland. Uh, He and I were on a panel discussion together, and um, we started a conversation that day that uh, carried forward to uh, to to the present project at Paved Arts. Because that was back in 2012, I want to say. That's right. Uh, I think it was the fall uh, fall exhibition in 2012. It's it's amazing to me how sometimes those relationships build and then that sort of yeah. out of something like that and then you're working with them. So tell me what this process has been like in imagining this exhibition. Well, of course, it, it uh, wasn't concerted the whole way through. Uh, but uh, in August of uh, 2015, Ernst had another opportunity to come to return to Canada. Uh, he was invited uh, to participate in an uh, event that uh, was organized by Imre Seisman, who's an, uh, a, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember his exact title, but he's the chair of cultural studies in uh, University of Alberta, mounting this very ambitious project called After Oil. Right. Um, and Ernst uh, was coming to Canada to participate in this After Oil School, which brought together theorists, writers, artists, uh, poets, people of all different kinds of disciplines to contemplate uh, a world uh, under shifting paradigms. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting project to start to try to imagine now what, what that future is going to be. I, I always think it like culturally, what do we, you know, when you're moving past the consumption or the capitalist type of society that we're allowed through oil, you know, sort of what does that start to look like? Not just the energy implications, but all those others that they're considering, right? Indeed, and of course there are forces that don't want the party to be over. So uh, it's not going to necessarily be a very, uh, it it could very much be come down in terms of a struggle. Um, But in any case, from that point, uh, Ernst and I um, met in Edmonton and traveled to um, the the actual uh, Athabasca tar sands. We went to Fort McMurray, hmm. camped in a workers' camp, and uh, spent a couple of weeks there, um, and had a, a kind of wide-ranging experience that I've often described as being kind of like whiplash, because we we moved from what you might term a sort of almost like the propaganda tour to this kind of bastion of resistance, uh, attending a three-day healing gathering on the Fort McMurray First Nations Reserve at uh, Lake Gregoire. Really, so moving from some of that, like ground zero for oil extraction to understanding sort of some of the indigenous relationships to the land a little bit more clearly? Or Yes, yeah, and, and you couldn't come up with more uh, divergent ways of even talking about the issues, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I would imagine so. And when you were 
in this in the you said it was a healing camp or it was called a healing gathering healing yeah. gathering okay was there discussion of oil and the tar sands in particular there or was it more about there was uh, yes, there was. Uh, it, it wasn't dedicated to that entirely. Uh, for example, uh, Ernst and I did a workshop on um, uh, medicinal plants uh, uh, that was delivered uh, by uh, uh, First Nations people who are very connected. Of course, I mean, these are people who really live there and uh, live off of the land in, the tr in a traditional way uh, as, you know, as uh, kind of reflected by Treaty 8, uh, which that area is. And uh, it was fascinating, uh, hmm. you know, and, and we helped erect a teepee, which I've never really? done before, and it was really interesting And uh, because there are so many different styles of uh, teepees as well. So just to follow uh, the particular way that uh, the TP was erected in this case, and we, you know, we were just following directions, but it was really, uh, I felt honored, actually. Oh, that's, that's very nice. When did you say again this was? How, how long ago did you make this trip up there? So this is August of 2015. Okay. And, and this is before the fires that uh, beset uh, Fort McMurray, uh, but also in the thick of the election cycle. So Harper was still our prime minister. Hmm. We had an interesting experience there, too, because we spent some time in the Friendship Center and uh, attended this uh, bingo. Uh, Ernst had never experienced bingo before, being from Austria. The person calling the bingo was the liberal candidate for that constituency. So we, we approached him and introduced ourselves and told him that we're a couple of artists working on this uh, project about the tar sands. and. Uh, he said two things to us, and one was uh, make sure and vote liberal to stop Harper, that negative sort of argument. But the other thing that he said was the oil's coming out of the ground one way or not or another. Yeah. He wasn't really anti-oil at that point at all, then. So uh, I don't think that the liberals are, as we've, uh, as you and I have, uh, were talking just before the show about uh, recent announcements uh, to do with pipelines. Yeah. Yes, somewhat well-timed as it was this discussion and the exhibition more generally. Thank yeah. you. Okay, but before we get into that, so you, you were at the camp, you were at this healing gathering. Yeah. And so then what was the process of organizing the show since then? So I'm assuming it became more centered around the exhibition from this point forward, or? Yes, well, all during this time, the healing gathering included, we uh, were both uh, documenting um, as we moved through the process. I, I think uh, we were both also trying to be respectful listening to to the people who were there and who have uh, the experience um, and just kind of uh, gathering as it were so when you come into the paved arts gallery right now to see the exhibition uh, the, the what you're going to see immediately are three large projections uh, the center projection uh, is Ernst on a canoe uh, heading up the Athabasca River in between Fort McMurray and Fort Mackay um, and coming upon a really monstrous upgrader that is verging onto the water. Uh, it's very dramatic. But on the right screen, uh, what you're going to see are um, uh, aspects of the healing gathering that did deal much more directly with 
the tar sands area where uh, we all, the whole group of us, uh, traveled together around the different tailings ponds and uh, ceremonies were conducted. Um, and uh, so Ernst uh, recorded some of that on video and I was shooting some film as well. Interesting. So then there was these films as part of the exhibition. And for those who haven't seen it, could you describe the other aspects, some of the installation? Of so the, the, uh, the other thing to describe about the, the, the video is that there is also a left-hand uh, screen. And there you'll see a um, document, video document of Tailings Ponds, where um, these large bodies of poisonous water um, have uh, sound cannons uh, that go off intermittently. And um, these kind of uh, uh, orange fluorescent scarecrows that the um, workers actually call bitumen. Hmm. Um, and they are both the sound cannons and the scarecrows are meant to repel waterfowl because if, uh, if animals touch the water, they, they'll uh, die. There's been a number of events along these lines. So, um, so th that is more of a document, just uh, a kind of a very stoic document of this kind of Frankenstein landscape. Um, so there's that's the trinity of video projections. And then uh, placed through the room are a number of objects that Ernst uh, fabricated. Uh, the year subsequent, uh, he was a part of a Banff residency. Um, and there he actually did silk screens with bitumen, which apparently uh, he told me was very difficult uh, to do. I guess to get it to, to fix properly, okay. as a because he pulled them on uh, silk screens. Right. So these uh, images on bitumen he has facing inside of these water tanks that were fabricated, and they are watertight. Um, right now they're not holding water. Initially, for the opening reception, we had uh, water from the Athabasca River inside, mm -hmm. and Ernst's concept was that water would be making contact with the oil. Hmm. Unfortunately, we discovered. Uh, a couple of days into the show that uh, the water was leaching the print off of the glass. Okay. So we just, um, I mean, it was a call that Ernst had to make. If, if it was going to be used for just one show, we could just let them disappear. But uh, he decided that he would like to have them as objects for a longer period of time. So we ended up taking the water out of them. Interesting concept, though, of the oil and the water contacting and trying to document some of that. Indeed. And if we had more time, he, he really wanted to have um, a kind of a sonic element to those objects as well so that the water wouldn't be still. It's interesting to hear sort of that approach to then representing something. I mean, other artists have done this as well, but trying to represent, represent something of the scale of pipelines or oil extraction where... It, it's hard to, when we're talking about things like pipelines, it's hard to imagine that scale of a pipe that can tra traverse a continent, so to speak. Yes, and uh, and I would say, too, that another interesting aspect of this in the context of Ernst's work, uh, more sort of, uh, if you look at him uh, in the larger context, he has, for a lot of his career, he spent a lot of time trying to infiltrate spaces that are not normally accessible uh, to uh, to people. Um, so, for example, he wanted to. He did a photographic project uh, of documenting the vaults inside the World Bank. Uh, he's attempted to. He he also has documents of the the Louvre's uh, storage, things that are normally shut off from public access. So, 
at a certain point, he shifted his focus towards uh, the energy sector, towards oil, uh, oil um, uh, companies in particular, and really uh, engaged in the very same way of trying to gain access to what is normally not of the public purview. Like we all understand those pipelines are out there um, and you can drive up to them. But he wanted to go right into the mining sites and he, wanted, he wants to navigate that kind of bureaucratic leviathan to gain the permissions to actually be on the inside to document. Well, because part of his exhibition at the Mendel was about documenting some of these places where he was or wasn't able to get to, and I remember seeing some of the signs that he had photographed of, you know, just basically stating the lack of access. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, he, he did one like that too, I think, with uh, the, the Federal Reserve in the United States as well. Oh. Like, this is the door that they shut in my face, sort of thing, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to understand sort of the approach to oil between this exhibition of his and then that one at the Mendel, because I remember speaking with Jen Budney about that one, and it, it was, oh, I don't want to say a neutral, but uh, it, it wasn't taking a stand one way or another necessarily, but more uh, discussing our own implications in oil rather yeah. than, you know, being a, sort of like an activist exhibition against it. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering sort of where this exhibition fits. Is is this a statement of Ernst, you know, against these, or is it more of a document of this? or? You know, I, I really think that Ernst approaches things as would a, uh, a documentarian uh, with uh, kind of uh, an open mind and uh, not to, to necessarily draw conclusions. Um, I would say that, um, if anything, when I was with him, I was more of the, uh, and maybe that's not surprising, but uh, I, I was more of the, the activist. Although I will say that because we were together and because um, we had these experiences with uh, human beings who are actually in the situation, and in some cases the last vestige of any kind of uh, resi uh, resistance or, uh, one, you know, I might even go so far as to say sanity, but mm. uh, I think Ernst was affected by that. Okay. We had we had an interesting um, uh, conversation about the use of uh, whether you describe the mining sites in northern Alberta as oil sands, or if you describe them as tar sands, right? Because that actually encapsulates a political polemic, whether you say oil or tar, hmm. and oil is something that the industry will always want to call it. Right. Uh, tar is probably more accurate. But that immediately identifies your um, activist bent uh, that you are being critical uh, because um, this is how the, the industry doesn't want it to be perceived as tar. Um, it is a highly water-intensive, energy-intensive, chemical-intensive process to turn bitumen into synthetic crude. Um, and tar intimates that intense, all of these intensive processes uh, that are controversial, to say the least. Sure. So um, they prefer oil. And uh, Ernst, when we first went there, was calling his project uh, Oil Sands. Uh, but by the time we were through and had these experiences and met these people, uh, he was calling them Tar Sands. It's interesting to think, too, then, how that personal is reflected, because it's, 
as you talk about in the exhibition, there are documents, you know, of the people that you've met, of some of the healing ceremonies. But some of that personal doesn't necessarily come out in just that that very straightforward way, but even in the way that Ernst is now considering this exhibition, the way that he's framing it, I guess. Yes, you're right. It's not, it isn't a narrative in that respect. I think that some of it is embedded, uh, or maybe it's only there, it's embedded in the sense of uh, how we had access and where we were, where we were standing. Right. But other than that, it's not that, it's not didactic. Um, and there again, you're right. Like I, I think Ernst, uh, uh, his his general approach to things, and um, I would say is um, to be uh, out of remove to gather. Um, and again, like not that he isn't a provocateur in his own way, because he is. Uh, but it comes about by just gaining access. He he's very interested in uh, the sort of um, uh, running up against. Uh, the uh, stop sign or the hand that says uh, not permitted and uh, seeing how he can gain admittance. That's a really interesting narrative to keep playing out with that idea of how do you gain access to these spaces. Uh, It's also to me this idea of how he is taking a documentary approach Mm -hmm. but still resulting in an exhibition, an installation as opposed to a documentary so there's no audio narrative I'm assuming that's this. right but I, I yeah and so it's just like I say it's interesting to me to sort of see how you can take that same approach and gather some of the same information if not the audio but then come out with something that sits very much more in an exhibition space well it's it, it is as you say it's not didactic uh, in the sense of um, this is how you should think or, or, or see uh, but one thing uh, that really struck me about Ernst uh, uh, Logar when we were uh, working together as well. Another area where we kind of uh, connected uh, had to do with um, a photographic artist uh, whose last name is Helbig. Um, I can't remember what his first name is now. But if you go on to Google and Helbig uh, oil sands, uh, this giant coffee table book of these aerial photographs will come up that look like... uh, Tapier uh, paintings. They're they're beautiful, uh, sort of uh, in the same way that Edward Brutinsky's uh, pictures are are beautiful and sought after, in terms of um, you know sort of capturing this grandiosity of uh, the just the scale of operations, mm-hmm. which truly is um, you know mammoth. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no denying that. Um, but Ernst. Um, uh, just to give you a quick example, he, he wanted to have an olfactory element in, in the exhibition at PAVED. Um, it didn't really work out. Uh, he, he actually brought a bucket of tar uh, into the gallery, but it didn't, uh, it wasn't very, uh, um, I don't know how to say this, it didn't fill the space at all. Uh, so it, it didn't work out in terms of actually being a, sort of an element. but. The, the sentiment behind the, or the, that gesture um, is that he, he specifically doesn't want to romance uh, the site whatsoever, this anthropocentric site. He wants it to be uh, real for people when they come into the space. So uh, there's no angle that is uh, far enough away uh, for you to indulge in uh, this quote-unquote beauty of the tar sands. 
what you're left with with these tailings ponds and uh, with um, seeing the actual uh, bitumen uh, washing up along the shoreline is really something quite uh, ugly. Um, and um, uh, and again, like if he could put that smell in into your nose, uh, he he would have done that as well. Well, really allowing people in that sort of documentary t tradition to be there or to be present. But it also sounds like the human scale is really important to him too and reflected again in the videos of people and videos of himself and of that land rather than like you say, stepping back. Indeed, yeah, the, the human scale and, and that included in that is the, the canoe trip that he took a year later with Peter Fortna going up the Athabasca um, and, and really being on the on the river and experiencing uh, these um, industrial uh, uh, you know upgraders uh, verging onto the water uh, from that vantage point but again a, a very human scale well and as we were talking about when just as you were mentioning we were talking before about the timing of this and how really this week in particular is a important week to be talking about oil and so I'm wondering sort of the implications or some of the conversations related to that that can come out of this exhibition how it how it dialogues with some of the the Trudeau government's approval of oil pipelines in our current state it's it's very interesting and maybe it's a problem for some people that Ernst Logar is from uh, Vienna Austria what's this uh, person coming in here and uh, rooting around our backyard uh, what the hell but you know the simple answer to that is uh, because he wants to, I, I think. And it, it, it's, uh, it's not something that is closed off from a Canadian artist to, to explore as well. But it is remarkable uh, that Canada um, has uh, grafted its economy to uh, oil in such a big way that we are fairly much, uh, for, by most accounts, a, a petro state. Um, and uh, you know, when we're signing on to uh, the the Paris Accords uh, on climate change, uh, and then um, making these commitments uh, to tax carbon, um, and then uh, turning around and giving the oil industry 3.3 billion dollars in uh, in subsidies, uh, undermining all of our uh, commitments. Uh, you know, well, that's an arguable position, I suppose. But um, nevertheless, um, uh, this is something that uh, is utterly relevant in Canada. And as you say, like, uh, as you mentioned earlier, these uh, uh, pipeline approvals uh, and what's going on with the uh, North Dakota access pipeline in, in the States, uh, drawing together, uh, you know, all of these indigenous nations and, and allies uh, into a kind of a political flashpoint of, of our times uh, around global warming and at such a critical juncture where uh, we have uh, this change of leadership in, in the United States that is threatening to reverse a lot of, uh, you know, in quotes, progress, which was, has been too timid all along in any case. And then to bring it back here to this with the new pipelines, I'm hearing more discussion going on about a mobilization here like what is happening in North Dakota in terms of and often again that it's being started through people of indigenous descent and through that space which is 
interesting too to talk about when when we're talking about the pipelines that aspect is also the lack of respect that is given to indigenous approvals or consultation which was another of the trudeau government's statements coming into office and yeah and how because these pipelines are crossing across you know indigenous lands without uh yeah. approval i guess yeah yeah and uh and it's really also a recognition, I think, uh, for the uh, the general context of, of Canadian culture, that it's high time uh, that we all uh, try listen and, and learn from uh, in Indigenous uh, culture with regards to this relationship to the land. Well, and the fact that there has been a lot of protests, there's been a lot of frustration with oil, a lot of anger toward oil, but it is these indigenous cultures in the U.S. that are now the people from those cultures that are coming forward and being the ones to put their bodies there in front of the pipeline, you know, as opposed to petitions or conversations or, you know, it's it's interesting to see that that is the action that is at, at least at this moment sticking. Yeah, indeed. Well, or even just to hear then too, when you were talking about Ernst, and your time there of going to a healing gathering. And, and so again, seeing another indigenous approach to this, which is to look for healing and look for, a, a, you know, not just anger toward this, but which isn't how I would categorize the Dakota Access Pipeline times either. It, it, there's there's a lack of reaction. It's just a, a being there to some extent. And it really also taught us how complex the situation is up there because the tar sands development in Northern Alberta, those mining sites, uh, constitute one of the world's largest capital projects, uh, period. And, um, you know, you have five nations in that area, or there's five chiefs, and as I understand from talking to people there, they don't necessarily, they're not in accord. They have different ways of understanding and, you know, interacting with industry. So we're we were in a, a kind of a concentrated group of, I would say, of... Uh, a, a, activist-leaning individuals, and many of whom were First Nations of that area, and then many of whom were drawn to that area for the healing gathering. Very interesting, uh, there was a a documentary crew from Seattle uh, who were making a documentary called The Road to Athabasca, where they bicycled from Seattle following a pipeline all the way to uh, Fort McMurray. So they were there as well. Bill Nye, the science guy, was in, in town around that time and actually wanted to do a sweat with them. And uh, so there was uh, kind of a, a buzz on about uh, the healing gathering at that time. Oh, wow. That's interesting to hear. Hmm. Before we end our conversation here, switching vein a little bit, yeah. but there's also an event coming up through PAVE, the uh, Zero Days screening. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes, uh, thanks, Michael. It, um, Zero Days is a really um, uh, amazing documentary. Um, Alex Wargalski, our executive director at Paved Arts, has uh, developed a relationship with uh, t- um, Hot Docs in Toronto. Uh, so this is a part of a series of uh, documentary presentations uh, that are in, in part sponsored by Hot Docs in Toronto, Paved Arts, and the Broadway uh, Theatre. So uh, this is going to transpire at uh, the Broadway Theater on uh, December 20th. Uh, so that, uh, I'm not sure what day that is, but December 20th at 7 p.m. And uh, Zero Days is 
spy espionage intrigue, but real life stuff. It's a, a very fascinating documentary. Well, and it's nice to see some of that hot dogs content being brought for our viewing because it's hard to see some of this otherwise. So, We're really lucky and uh, I have to say kudos to my uh, co-worker and colleague Alex Rogalski uh, because uh, he's really been great about developing this uh, for the city of Saskatoon. That's a good note to end on and thank you again for joining me, David. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Again, this has been Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. A reminder that you can find us on social media or Unframed Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you'd like to hear this episode or any of our past episodes again, you can find our podcast at unframedradio.com or on iTunes. Thank you and have a good evening.